the volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Lakers Tonight is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. You get great odds in markets for the NBA, NHL, college, and so much more. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's super easy to use. Plus, you can combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code JasonT so they know I sent you. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Lakers Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. I am Jason Timp. Happy Saturday, everybody. I hope your guys' weekends are off to a good start. I'm not sure that I have ever hated a basketball team as much as I've hated this Lakers team. There is something so off about the way they approach the game that is offensive to all fans. And I know all of you guys can relate to me in that regard. We are going to break this game down in its entirety. 
We are going to talk about LeBron passing Carl Malone. And then if you guys stick around at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about Steph Curry's injury, what that means for the Warriors. And the Minnesota Timberwolves have won 10 of their last 11 games, and they've beat a bunch of really good teams. So we're going to dive into that and what that means and what I think of them in particular. But let's start with the Lakers. You know, I've tweeted this or said it on the podcast at least a half dozen times this year. But this Lakers team is allergic to success. And what I mean by that is every time they do something good and are handed some sort of reward for their action, they immediately relax. They do not use that as a motivation to keep pushing. They use it as an excuse to pull their foot off the gas. So they're up 36 to 26 at the end of the first quarter. And the the most important thing that I noticed was defensive effort, but particularly at the point of attack. Everybody was doing a good job sliding their feet, keeping people in front. And then on the, every time they got a stop, they forced people to shoot over the top. This is a Wizards team that's down a bunch of bodies tonight, right? You know, Kyle Kuzma is out of the game. Bradley Beal's out for the season. So they're limited offensively. So when they slide their feet and compete on defense, they get stops. And then they started running the other way in transition and getting all sorts of easy baskets in the full court transition possessions. But in the last three quarters of the game, everything that they did to build that 10-point lead, everything that contributed to their success, they stopped doing. They completely let their foot off the gas defensively. They gave up 101 points in the final three quarters. And as a result, they gave Washington a chance. And then at the end of the game, when you give teams a chance, it becomes a make-or-miss league. LeBron misses a wide-open three on the left wing. Chris Stapps Porzingis makes a three at the top of the key. You throw now, – now all of a sudden effort's not an issue because you are playing hard in crunch time, but now those ugly habits – I talked about this last night with Toronto, a sloppy basketball team that has been sloppy all season will be sloppy when they need to play solid basketball. It's, it, those, those habits are not in place, and so even though the effort is there – they're going to make silly mistakes, and they did. I talked a lot over the last week about the way teams like Dallas have been using double teams to compensate for their lack of size, and they have that down to a science. The Lakers do not have that. So when the Wizards started going down to Kristaps Porzingis in crunch time against LeBron and against Stanley Johnson, again, just by having some reasonable double and recover scheme, they would be able to, to handle Kristaps Porzingis. He's not a good enough player to kill you in a game like that. But the Lakers aren't sharp in those areas of the game. The Lakers are not a team that has established a scheme that, it, that they have all of the details ironed out. So when that happened, they couldn't handle Chris Stapps Porzingis. They got killed by that mismatch. A couple of shots missed for you, a couple of shots make for them, game over. And that's what I'm talking about when I, when I talk about saying they're allergic to success. If they understood how they got that 10-point lead in the first quarter, and they replicated it for the second quarter, maybe you're up 25. Maybe the dynamic of the game changes. You replicate it in the third quarter, you're up 30. Now LeBron sits out in the fourth quarter. Now it's we're having fun on the sideline while the young guys or the bench players are out on the floor doing their thing. They are allergic to success. They don't understand why they have good results and why they have bad results. They haven't been able to make that association, and because of that, they haven't made the necessary efforts and the necessary steps to establish those habits in order to actually have some consistent success. 
more than one quarter of things going well, more than one quality win? What if the Lakers put together three or four quality wins? We haven't seen that all season because this team doesn't have the basketball character to do that. Here in a few minutes, I'm going to talk about what this team could look like with Anthony Davis coming back. What is the best case scenario for this team? And it has a lot to do with those habits. I'll get to that in a minute. I wanted to get to LeBron because, you know, in this complete travesty of a season, he is one of the rare bright spots. He is still playing arguably the best basketball of his career, in, at least on the offensive end of the floor, in his 19th season, which is absolutely amazing. You pass Carl Malone tonight. It's obviously a big moment. To me, the most, the most important element to LeBron's scoring longevity, what got him to this point, is the way he developed as a jump shooter. I talked about this a lot. Uh, the other night when he had 50 again, talking about his shot-making ability. But it's pretty crazy to see the transition that LeBron's underwent over the course of this last decade. So if we back up to 2013, so about nine years ago in the, in, in the finals against Greg Popovich, mind you, this is literally 10 years into his career. He is established in the heart of his prime. He's a defending champion. He's got four MVPs at this point. So he's already, like, Firmly in the top 10 players of all time, hot on MJ's heels with lots of years left. He's already established, but he had a glaring weakness. He wasn't a good jump shooter, at least in the previous season. And even throughout most of that series, Greg Popovich playing off of LeBron really messed with him. He didn't have, he had some proficiency with his jump shot that hadn't matched up with his confidence in his jump shot. And so when Greg Popovich did that, it got in LeBron's head a little bit. And in the early portions of that series, LeBron really struggled mentally with the coverage that Greg Popovich was throwing at him. But he breaks through, right? He breaks through in game six and game seven, makes a bunch of jump shots, particularly in game seven. He makes five threes in that game. And the rest is history. Since that day, LeBron has been an incredible jump shooter. This season, coming into tonight, in his last seven games, now eight because he was four for ten again tonight, so in his last eight games, he's averaging over nine three-point shots per game attempted and making over 40% of them. So here we were, halfway through his career, well-established in the heat of his prime. He had a major weakness, and here we are nine years later, and he has not only rectified that weakness, but it's now a strength. If you go into NBA.com and you pull up all the – three-point shooters in the league that are attempting at least seven threes per game. There's like 30 guys in the league that are that high volume three-point shooting. And LeBron's right in the middle of the pack in terms of percentage. And he's a ahead of a lot of big name uh, guys who that you think of as three-point shooters. That's what LeBron has turned himself into. He is now a league average high volume three-point shooter. So I translate that to he's one of the better three-point shooters in the league. That is an incredible accomplishment for a player that already had so much in his bag, that already had so many, so many things accomplished, and yet he just continued to adapt and continued to evolve. It's a testament to his work ethic, and it's the reason why he's here today, averaging 30 points per game in his 19th season on over 60% true shooting, passing Carl Malone, and looking like one of the best players in the world. That, that's what that took. As he's lost that little bit of athleticism, he needed to adapt. He needed to evolve. It's like the opposite of Russell Westbrook in so many different ways. And it's been interesting to see. I remember back in, it was like either 2016 or 2017, LeBron had a bad jump shooting game. And 
one a reporter asked him about it, and LeBron flat out said to the reporter, I wish I could remember more of the details, but he specifically said to the reporter, I'm not a jump shooter. It's not what I do. That was his mentality kind of at that time. Like he had worked to the point where he could shoot well enough, but it wasn't, you know, was something that was his bread and butter. Now I bet you if you ask LeBron that same question, he would pridefully answer that he believes he's a great shooter. And that's, that's where, again, that's where the stubbornness has to fade away. Compare that type of approach to what you've seen from Russ. You need to, as you get older, be willing to read the writing on the wall. See what's still working for you. See what's not working for you anymore. Watch film. See where opportunities are. And I think LeBron understood that the easiest way for his to, him to extend his prime was to become a better three-point shooter. And he took advantage of that. And that's why he's still where he is in the league at this point. You know, you're going to see a lot of nefarious characters, people that have bad intentions, try to undercut these statistical accomplishments from LeBron at this point in his career, which for the record up front is flat out stupid and unfair, jealous. It's just ugly behavior from those people because the reality of the situation is LeBron has won more championships than any player or franchise since he came into the league in 2003. He's been to the finals 10 times. His winning resume speaks for itself. If you want to try to pretend like he's not all about that, get out of here, man. Like, for instance, he very easily could have sat out tonight on the back of a back, tail end of a back-to-back and played in Cleveland and had this accomplishment in front of his home fans. Credit to LeBron for seeing a winnable game on the resume or on the schedule and thinking he had an opportunity to get his team some buffer in the standings under the circumstances, especially with their schedule coming up. But, like, what's so interesting about it to me is if you remember after – in 2017, when the, Lake, when the Cavs won the Eastern Conference, after the game, there was a, some footage in the locker room of him telling all of his teammates, like, hey, this isn't guaranteed. Enjoy this moment. Enjoy the little victories. And it's, it's super interesting to me because LeBron is a guy, again, who's been to the mountaintop more than anybody, any team any coach, any GM, any, anybody right now in this era, except for Greg Popovich, I suppose. But at this point, you know, uh, like it's easy to lose sight of the perspective of the fact that only one team can win an NBA championship and understand that you're going to go up to bat, you know, so many times in your career and you're not guaranteed to win it every time. So in those years when you don't, you have to take time to appreciate and take time to relax and kind of soak in the little accomplishments along the way. That's always been one of LeBron's major philosophies. And I think that's what he views with this accomplishment. He knows he's a winner. He knows anybody who's being, you know, uh, objective about this knows he's a winner. And he knows that this is a big deal. You know, LeBron, you could make the case, and I said this in the video I released earlier, you can make the case that just his scoring, is enough to put him in the GOAT conversation. You know, when you look at a guy like MJ or Kobe, it's this two-way dominant score, right? A guy who can score in a million different ways, especially in crunch time, and can guard the other team's best player. Well, even if I just simplified LeBron's game down to that, his ability to do things defensively as a versatile perimeter defender and his ability to score the basketball, he's every bit as good at those things as the all-time greats. He's every bit as good at those things as Kobe, as MJ. That's what makes his GOAT case so compelling because he has so much more that he brings to the table as a basketball player than just those two things. 
And, and, and that's why I think it's important to appreciate these accomplishments, to take that time. You're not guaranteed. LeBron, next year, I expect the Lakers, if health, health willing, I expect the Lakers to be very firmly in the top tier of contenders. I think they learned a bunch of valuable lessons this year. I think they're going to approach the season way more seriously. I think they're going to get more. They're going to fix a lot of the issues they made. They're going to be relevant again. Next year, the focus can be winning. And, you know, maybe when Anthony Davis gets back and they're in the play and the focus can be winning. But right now, I understand and I respect the idea that you of LeBron just taking advantage of the small victories and taking the time to appreciate Start your bracket with a bang. Right now, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new customers a $150 instant bonus guaranteed. That's right. You'll get $150 in bonus site credit, and all you have to do is place your first bet of $5 or more. How you bet the bracket is up to you. You could choose from the money line, totals, prop bets, and so much more. I'm going to be all over Arizona. I'm from Tucson. They have NBA size and athleticism. I think their defense is going to carry them. Plus, with the cash out, the ball's in your court, so you can close out your bet whenever you want before the game is even over. Join FanDuel today with promo code JasonT, then you can place your $5 bet to score $150 in bonus site credit guaranteed. That's promo code JasonT on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Really quickly before we move on from the Lakers, I wanted to I've been thinking about this over the course of the last week because the Lakers have been playing a little bit better basketball. Not great, but they're playing a little bit better basketball. They should have won tonight. They should be on a little bit of a win streak here. So what is the best version of this Lakers team? What does it look like with Anthony Davis coming back? And does it have enough to make a run at things? And when you start to look at the pieces available, it doesn't look that bad. If you look in the front court, I've got LeBron and Anthony Davis, which is as good of a front court as you'll find anywhere in the league. You've got Wenyan Gabriel now as another guy that kind of like is the opposite of the Dwight in the DeAndre Jordan. He's thinner, much faster, can get up and down the floor with the style that the Lakers play, can guard on the perimeter better. They can almost use him as a wing in a lot of ways. So that's interesting. Then you go on the wing and you've got Stanley Johnson. He's okay. You know, Carmelo Anthony is not really a defensive wing, but he accomplishes a lot of what a wing can do offensively. And you got Austin Reeves, who's one of the better off ball players in the league already as a rookie. So they're pretty decent on the wing. And then you look at the guards and you've got Russell Westbrook, who we do not need to talk about. Let's just leave that on the side. And then we've got Taylor Horton Tucker, who's an okay backup guard, right in the league. And then you've got Malik Monk, who's a Offensive microwave type of guy, gives a lot back on defense, but he's definitely a net positive type of player. And then you've got some depth. You've got DJ Augustine, you've got Avery Bradley and Dwight Howard, guys that can play in specific matchups when you need something. They've got nine solid guys in that rotation. So in theory, this is still a team that has a puncher's chance to beat anybody. Because if you've got seven solid rotation players with LeBron and AD, they should be able to beat anybody if some things break right, correct? But they, like we talked about earlier, they don't have the habits. And what's concerning to me is if you asked me, Jason, how does LeBron and AD work their way through the play-in tournament and beat Phoenix in the first round? How do they do that? I would tell you it starts right now. Right at this moment for the rest of the season, they need to work on establishing habits. Treat it as like a, uh, like a three-week-long training camp. You got three weeks here. You got, you know, roughly, what, I think 12 games. Take these 12 games, treat them like a training camp, really build out those habits, 
take it seriously so that when Anthony Davis gets back, you have the habits to match your talent. Are they the most talented team in the league? No. We've been over that. They're not good enough with their role players. But they have a puncher's chance to beat anybody. So if you attach that with championship-level habits, then they can win. They need to show us over the course of the next few weeks that they can put multiple games together of success. Now, do I think that's going to happen? No. That's why I said this is the best case scenario. But if you're in that locker room and you're looking at each other and you're like, hey, are we going to go for this or not? That's what you have to deal with. That's what That needs to be the actionable item. It's one thing to sit in the locker room and say, hey, guys, when AD gets back, we're going to make a run at this. No, you have some steps you got to get through first. And, the, and, and right now you've got to somehow distance yourself entirely from the previous you know, psychology of this team and somehow start fresh and build a new identity around this group of guys. There's enough new faces in there with DJ Augustine, with Wenyan Gabriel, with Stanley Johnson. You've got enough new faces in there to try to do that. They just got to do that. But here we are again. I think it's March 19th. And they just showed us again that that's not who they are. So that's why what I'm laying out is the best case scenario and not the most likely scenario. For those of you who are just joining us, this is Lakers Tonight presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. I wanted to move on for, to Steph Curry for a second because we haven't had a chance to talk about him since his injury. I've done as much digging as I can and paid as close attention as I can to the reports that have come out, and it sounds to me like there's optimism that he's coming back before the end of the season. It's going to be very similar to what happened to LeBron last year. Guy dives into his leg, suffers a lower leg injury, going to be coming back with just a handful of games left. I think LeBron came back with four games left last season. They might be able to get three or four with Steph this year. You know, back in December, I did a list of what I said were my best contenders, my top contenders in the league, the teams that I thought were most likely to win the championship. And at that point in time, I had the Golden State Warriors number one because they were so incredible defensively. And at that time, Steph was still playing well. Steph was a top-tier superstar, like one of the best players in the world. And I'm always going to defer to those kinds of guys, especially when they have an unbelievable defense. And they had Klay Thompson on the way back. Jordan Poole was playing well. There was a lot of reasons to be optimistic that that Golden State team could be really good. But then Steph went into a slump. And in the times that I've talked about the Warriors since, I've said one thing very consistently. The only way that the Warriors are going to win the title is if Steph Curry has a nuclear playoff run. Absolute peak Steph, 30-plus points per game, you know, 65% uh, true shooting, knocking down half his threes. That's what it's going to take for this team to win. And he's not really shown anything. He's had these little bursts where things have looked a little better, but he's not as bad as he was in January, but he has not he has not shown us a consistent stretch of the old Steph. And so the injury is frustrating on that front because he's a perimeter player who relies on his handle and his jump shot, which means he's very dependent on rhythm. For those of you who have played the game at some level, whether that's you know in high school, college, or even if you just play in your men's league, you're familiar with the concept of rhythm. You have to feel comfortable with the basketball and confident with the basketball. That does not happen with the flip of a switch, it takes time. So the, the idea of Steph busting out of his slump becomes way less likely now that he's sitting out with a lower leg injury. The only like silver lining that you could cling to is if maybe, just maybe his slump 
was associated with another nagging lower body injury, and somehow he can rectify both of those during this rehab. Kind of like Anthony Davis when he sprained his knee. He was not looking good before the knee injury. Then he went down, then he came back, and when he came back, he looked spry, right? He looked lighter. He looked like he was faster. He had all of these, you know, this kind of this newfound physical energy, right? Maybe that happens with Steph. I don't think it's likely, but that's the best case scenario. The whole thing with Steph getting hurt is exactly what frustrates me so much about this Lakers team. Because LeBron getting hurt, that's going to happen. He got hurt a couple times this year. Anthony Davis getting hurt, that's going to happen. But it's all about getting healthy at the right time. And right now you're seeing some teams around the league, particularly two of the top tier contenders, Golden State and Phoenix, dealing with some injuries. You could be getting healthy while the other teams are on the down, downward trajectory, but instead you messed around all season from day one of training camp, you didn't take it seriously, so you're a bad basketball team. So now instead of being a team that can capitalize on things, look at Milwaukee last year. We talked about them last night. They were 19 and 17 against 500 and above teams. They were not a dominant regular season team. You know, Giannis kind of fell by the wayside a lot in the discourse, but look at what happened. LeBron and Anthony Davis got hurt. You had uh, all the injuries that happened to the Brooklyn Nets. You know, like, like they, uh, Trey Young got hurt in the conference finals. So some things broke right for Milwaukee. Next thing you know, they're holding the trophy. That's, that's the way things can break in the NBA. And that's why it's so important to always keep your eye on the prize, even as you're dealing with little nagging injuries and things along those lines. That's what annoys me about this Laker team. I would like LeBron and AD's as a puncher chance against anybody in the league if some things broke right. And I don't know that they are even remotely close enough to the level of basketball, not talent, just basketball, to be able to compete in any of those environments. All right, before we get out of here, I wanted to really quickly hit on the Minnesota Timberwolves. So they are 10-1 and in their last 11 games. In that stretch, they have the number one offense and number one defense in the entire NBA. They have the best net rating in the league in that stretch by 9.8 points over second place. They beat the Bucks, the Lakers, the Heat, the Warriors, and the Cavs in this stretch. So it sounds amazing, right? Little bit of context. When they played the Bucks, they didn't have Giannis. When they played the Lakers, they didn't have Anthony Davis. When they played the Heat, they didn't have Jimmy Butler. When they played the Warriors, they didn't have Draymond Green. And when they played the Cavs, they didn't have Darius Garland. The last time they played a healthy contender was the Philadelphia 76ers in that first game with James Harden at home, and they got utterly obliterated. So to be clear, you have to take care of business in the NBA. Like, look at the Lakers. They can't even beat bad teams at this point. So I never want to undercut success. They are playing really good basketball right now, but they've had some good fortune with the injuries. Looking at the team specifically, there's a lot of things that I like about them. Because of their the, what they've done in the draft, they're actually pretty athletic on the wing. Jared Vanderbilt and Jaden McDaniels bring that kind of athleticism and that dirty work element that's so important. Torian Prince has also helped on that front. Carl Towns is one of the better matchup problems that you have in the league, right? That's always going to make me optimistic about a team in the playoffs. The reason why I'm not stoked on Minnesota, the reason why I don't think they're as good as any of these other teams that I've been uh, showcasing on this show recently, is their guards are too erratic. Anthony Edwards is young, super talented. This is nothing to be said about his ceiling. But D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards are not going to be able to execute with that 
that slow down, methodical, super intelligent basketball that they're going to have to play to beat the super top tier teams in the league. If you're going to outduel Steph Curry, if you're going to outduel that Phoenix Suns team with Chris Paul, or God forbid you, you know, make it to the finals and you have to beat somebody out East, you have to be able to execute. This is something I talk about a lot with these other contenders, right? Like how do, how do they stack up against the best? And I would say Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell as perimeter, excuse me, as perimeter decision makers are going to be at near the end of that list in terms of teams that are going to be in this playoff run. So they're playing some good basketball right now, a lot to get excited about, but I wish they had that one really savvy perimeter decision maker that could settle them down and get them into their stuff, get them calm when things are going bad, get to get the ball to the right guy when he's hot and has it going. Those are the kinds of things that would make me more optimistic about that team. And obviously, because Carl Towns is a post player, he's not a, he's not a guy who can initiate from the perimeter that limits what he can do in the half court of a playoff series when teams are really dialed in on him as well. So good Timberwolves basketball here in the last couple of weeks, but I'm not as high on them as their fans probably are. All right, guys, that is all we have for tonight. We will be back Monday after the Lakers play in Cleveland. As always, I sincerely appreciate your guys' support, and I will see you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done.